my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys are having a terrific week. Uh, great show today. I was joined by my good friend, Remzo Martinez. It's always a great time talking to Remzo. Uh, we, we covered a lot. Um, not much of what I uh, thought we were going to cover, but, you know, par for the course. We, we, we covered a lot of ground. I think you guys will really enjoy it. Uh, before I get to Remzo, guys, please follow us on Twitter at No Gimmicks Pod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, or Spotify. Uh, if you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. And if you like what you're hearing and want to get involved with the show, uh, hit us up over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. All right. Without further ado, here is my chat with Remzo Martinez. All right, guys. We're here with my brother, Remzo Martinez. Remzo, how you doing? I'm still alive. We have not uh, totally fallen into a Thunderdome type scenario like I predicted. Uh, things are weird, but you know, at my my part of America is not quickly burned down yet. That's good. Yeah, things are, you know, buildings are still standing here in Ohio too. So, uh, you know, it could always be worse. It could always be worse. Uh, yeah. All right. Let's yeah. just. Uh... Chadwick Boseman is dead, so I'd like to say rest in power, friend. Yeah, that, that's a tough one, man. Like it's crazy that uh. Uh, I mean, I knew him from... I, I haven't seen Black Panther. I knew him from the Jackie Robinson movie. How the hell have you not seen Black Panther? I stopped watching comic book movies um, like five years ago. Wow. Yeah. The last, Mar- well, the last Marvel movie I saw, um, except for Guardians of the Galaxy. I still watch Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, but uh, I just stopped. After Captain America Winter Soldier, I was just like... Because I had missed a couple before that. You can't miss one. Because they're all interconnected, and like I don't have money to like go watch a new movie every like four days or whatever. So I was like, <laughs> I'm just done. Like I'll just wait like 10, 15 years, and then just like binge all of them. You know? That's probably a good idea. Yeah. So I, I haven't seen any of it, but I mean, he was obviously a talented guy, and the fact that he nobody even knew that he was, you know, sick for most of his career. You know? Yeah, he filmed all wild. those movies while going through chemo. Yeah, dude. It's insane. Yeah. Wild. Crazy stuff, man. Um, you still you still seem to be alive. Have the have the Raiders entered your neighborhood? The Raiders? Yeah, the Las Vegas Raiders. Oh no, I'm talking about the roaming bands of uh, wispy Antifa going through <laughs> neighborhoods trying to get people to scream Brianna, Brianna Taylor. Oh, I wish they would try, brother. <laughs> now that that uh that wouldn't fly in in the four one nine Toledo, Ohio. That's just uh, you know, I mean, assaulting people, dude. Everybody here has a gun. <laughs> I mean, whether it's like, you know, anybody, the white guys, the black guys, like everybody's carrying, whether they're carrying legally or illegally. And uh, no, that's just not going to fly here in, here in Toledo, Ohio. No way. Interesting times. Interesting times. So let's uh, do a little bit of news, you know, and, you know, if we don't get to all of it, it's fine. Uh, but Nancy Pelosi, I, I did want to mention that it's not the biggest deal, obviously, uh, but it is important to talk about. Nancy Pelosi was caught uh, getting a haircut indoors in a san francisco salon we're not wearing a mask uh, obviously in california it's illegal for a salon to be open uh it's illegal to not wear a mask indoors 
Um, man, these people are just laughing at you, you know? Like, these people hate you. Like, they're laughing in your face as your businesses close, as your family struggles, as your country suffers. I mean, they're just laughing. I mean, they, it, it's a game. It's a joke to these people. I, I mean, I've known this for a while, but the fact that people are still amazed that the small trust they have in these people and these institutions are always just one other moment away from completely disappearing. If this was that moment, like, I feel really bad for you because it just shows you were ignoring a lot of other shit. But at the same time, it's like, how more obvious does it need to get? Yeah, I mean, like, it's just classic Democrat behavior. Yeah, I mean, I don't think any of these people ever, I mean, it's, it's like, you know, communist tactics too, right? And like no commie dictator ever lived on, under their own rules. You know, they never planned on living under their insane lockdown rules. You know, like remember Gretchen Whitmer's husband putting his boat in the lake after she outlawed boats. And then, oh yeah, <laughs> he, he he tried to freaking strong arm the, the marina manager. Yeah, yeah. The guy was like, well, what if I told you I'm the governor's husband? And the guy was like, I just told you what I told you. You can't go on the lake. Chris Cuomo traveling to his vacation home in the Hamptons when he was when he literally had coronavirus and was supposed to be quarantined. I mean, it's like, come on, man. Like, it's just communist behavior. I mean, these people, they never I mean, they never had the, any intention of living under their own laws. No, th- this has been quarantine and lockdown for thee, but not for me. And I mean, now we're we're in like, what, month seven of the 15 day quarantine. Yeah, I mean, we're like day 175 to slow the spread. Or something? Yeah, well, now it's like no one's allowed to get sick anymore. What is, so, what's that mean? Yeah, I mean, that, now what, it's what like no mean, one's allowed to that? get sick anymore. You're, no one's allowed to catch a cold. We don't have functioning immune systems. You're not allowed to have the sniffles. You're not allowed to cough. You're not allowed to get sick anymore. It used to be stop COVID. Now it's no one gets sick. Nobody dies. And if you and if you die from anything, you have to die from COVID. The because thing if it, you stop dying from COVID, things will have to go back to normal. I mean, I've thought about this, and you know, you're not a doctor, Remzo. Maybe I should probably ask a doctor. I did stay. I did stay at the Holiday Inn one time. Well, thank goodness, so you can probably answer this question. But I've been wondering this. You know, like you, me, all of us, like we've been isolating from everybody. We've been washing our hands incessantly, using hand sanitizer and all this stuff. Like, I wonder what we have done to our immune systems over the last six months. Like, really though, like I think, I mean, just the normal flu season is probably going to be awful. This year, because like we all have like horrible immune systems now, like we haven't been exposed to any germs <laughs> this year. And uh, I don't know. I, I feel like there's got to be some some unforeseen circumstances. Oh, they've been they've been saying that come October, like Virginia, for example, is going to go back to phase zero. They're saying it like it's bound to happen. Wow. I mean, they can't. Right. They can't. I mean, they, they already can they can't they. Yeah, I guess. I mean, if if they really want, yeah, it, it depends what their end game is, right? I mean, I, I mean they're they're estimating that forty percent of uh, locally owned bars and restaurants in the country right now will never reopen. I mean, if they shut everything down again, I mean, is that number going to be sixty percent? I mean, like, what are we talking here? I mean, we're talking about a complete eradication of large per, of a large percentage of the economy forever. I I mean, people the the left they just have no. They have no comprehension for what that actually means. Uh, I mean, we've got the mayor of Portland who was literally willing to let the city burn down because he hates Trump. And I had a woman last night. I was on a panel. She's a open self self-identifying communist. She was basically like, "Well, who cares if places close down? They're rich, and who cares if if places get burned down? They have they have insurance." And it's like, lady, you just don't you just don't care. 
And I, I didn't want to jump into the whole riot scene of it, but like all of this stuff is compounding bullshit. The mayor of Portland, Ted Wheeler, was forced to move. <laughs> he was forced to move because Black Lives Matter was like shooting fireworks at his condo, trying to like kill him and stuff. Um, so he, he was forced out of his own home, him and his family had to move, and he still won't uh, pick up the phone and call the feds and have them send in the National Guard. It's hilarious. I mean, he, he literally I, had to move. I mean, orange man bad, so anything is justified. Look, with the whole Nancy Pelosi hypocrisy thing, I mean, this this is got to be— The video alone is hilarious because she just looks like a, this like shriveled up oh, like yeah. voodoo doll of, like, you know, those African shrunken heads. Oh, yeah, 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 yep. It's like, lady, what what the fuck? Like, really? I mean, I get it. Seeing that video, I mean, I understand. She really needed that uh, that hairdo. You know what I mean? I mean, she does look like a, a monster. Cadaver. Yeah, it's, it's not good. But this has to be the first step to stopping the Democrats' plan of rigging mail-in voting, right? I mean, like, look, it's hard to argue that if an 80-year-old woman can go maskless into a salon, that, that we can vote in person, right? You can't. Like, you, you can't. They have, cannot... you ever, have you ever voted absentee? No. Well, no, it's yeah, yeah, actually... yes, yes, but not absentee because I, you know, in a touring band, I, uh, you know, sometimes in November I'm on the road. But, you know, we all request the ballots ahead of time. Yeah, like it's you, you got to take a few extra steps for that. And frankly, yeah. I don't think that many Democrats are even going to do that, because if you find going to a location and waiting to go vote in person is a problem, I don't think they're going to do the things that are necessary to get a, a mail in ballot and then take the time to go back and mail that out and then wait for it. Because here's here here's one like scary scenario that like Bloomberg's consulting firm showed. They show Trump because of in-person voting and tallies, they show him potentially winning on election night. But there's this other outcome where if let's say all these Democrats actually do mail in their ballots, that after it's counted after three, four days, Biden could win because of mail-in voting. That's assuming they all did that. That's a big assumption. So they, they all are on this bandwagon that all the Democrats are going to vote by mail. But, you know, at that point, what would you have? You'd have a contested election. So you'd have somebody who won on election night and then somebody who technically wins a few days later. Uh, Hillary Clinton has told um, Biden not to concede under any circumstances. I mean, the, the election hasn't even happened. And she's saying that, you know, Trump's not allowed to win even if he does win. And it's just a situation where it's like if he wanted to basically stay in power a few more months because we're in a state of a national emergency, it wouldn't bother me. I don't think I'd be bothered by that. I mean, that. That's why the Democrats want, and I did read that that uh, report from from Bloomberg. I mean, they they don't want absentee voting; they want universal mail-in. So just every, you know, they just mail a ballot to everybody, and then Democratic operatives drive around and pick up the ballots and fill in whatever they want. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, that's we're what like they want. 60, we're like sixty days away. There's no way they're going to get it. So I think that the way things are now, it's like if you wanted to vote by mail, you better be voting absentee. But, you know, I'm I, every day. Are you like, sure I, about I, that? Are you sure? I don't know. I think some of these states are going to really try there, to rush out. There's their... no way. 60 days. These people can't get an Obamacare website up. They can't get an app to work in the year 2020. They, they're not going to get mail-in voting settled in 60 days. And, I mean, I tell my brother constantly because he'll ask me questions about what's going on. I'm like, don't listen to what the Democrats say to Republicans. Don't. 
listen to what Democrats say to each other. And whenever you listen to like what Democrats say to each other, it's almost always universally Biden and Harris are terrible and Trump is going to win. Because people aren't looking around, seeing cities burned down, seeing businesses closed left and right, thinking this is what we want. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, it, it's funny, man. Like, obviously, a couple very promising polls came out after the RNC and, and after some of these, uh, these, uh, these, these, you know, violent communist riots. Um, you know, a, a poll, I think it was Emerson, showed Trump only down two points nationally. And another poll, I think it was... Uh, Rasmussen showed him up uh, two points in Michigan. But a, a lot of the other polls that have come out this week that were conducted after the, the conclusion of the RNC still show Biden up like, you know, seven, eight points. And it's like, I don't know. I Obviously, the, I, I have people on the show all the time that's like, well, I mean, look, not all the polls can be bad. They fixed a lot of the, the polling method methodology after 2016. And then a lot of guys are just like, don't believe it. It's all bullshit. I have no idea what to believe, man. I so I, I managed a phone bank back in 2016 in Virginia, and we had predicted that Virginia was going to go blue regardless. But what we were really focusing on was the fifth congressional district, and based off the data we collected through phone surveys, we predicted that we would beat the Democrat by three points because a majority of people were were either saying they didn't want to take part in the survey or they were and you know it was all over the place it was like a lot of split ticket voting and stuff like that a lot of republicans who don't like trump were voting for clinton a lot of democrats who were voting down ballot democrat were voting for trump so it was really it was really narrow but we had our guy beating the democrat by like two three points then come election night not only did we get higher voter turnout trump still lost virginia but he won our district by 10 points and i'm pretty sure that we beat the democrat by seven points and ultimately later polls that came out from other firms showed that a majority of people were telling the pollsters what they felt they wanted to hear or they were afraid of going on the record Despite that, you know, we weren't reporting names or anything. Right, right. But they were afraid of, you know, basically saying aloud, yeah, I'm voting Republican. Yeah, maybe they didn't want the, you know, the person in the next room. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I genuinely think, like, in my, like, upper middle class neighborhood full of, like, these champagne socialist liberals, I, I know that after them seeing all of this, you're going to have a good chunk of them that might put up a Biden sign in their yard. But when they actually go to vote, they're going to vote for themselves. They're going to vote for Trump. I hope so, man. I do think uh, I do think this is an important election. You know, I uh, I, I don't know. So I was going to get to this later, but I, I want to let's just hit this since we're on the topic. Um, I, a lot of libertarians are realizing that it's important that Donald Trump is reelected in November. You know, realizing it's important for the future of liberty in this country. You know, even our boy uh, Austin Peterson uh, made some waves over the last week for saying he's thinking about voting for Trump. Um, I mean, obviously, the anarcho-capitalists don't vote, you know, you know, so they're not voting for anybody. But I think a lot of, you know, minarchist libertarians will vote GOP. I mean, obviously, the LP is a joke, and they, they have a very uninspiring uh, candidate this time around. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. I, they look at these uh, at the at the violence. <laughs> they look at Black Lives Matter killing people, literally executing people and, and destroying property and, and stuff like that. And they're like, OK. Uh, one candidate is encouraging BLM. One is standing up to these Marxists. So I think uh, I think a lot of libertarians are going to vote GOP this year. What do you think? I, I think so as well. I think that majority of self-identifying libertarians will overwhelmingly vote Republican, and it, it doesn't really have anything to do with much of 
you know, whether they like Trump or not, they're voting in their own self-interest. Um, do I think that Trump is like this marvelous libertarian president? No, but you know, you have to, you have to meet voters where, where they are. And he's talking about things that are immediate threats to them. The fact that, you know, we have to open up and we have to be safe. You can't, you can't go around telling people that you're not allowed to open up your business and you're not going to have cops and then you can't have guns. That's just not going to fly. And with, uh, Joe Jorgensen, like she's talking about all these other issues that I'm not saying they're not important. But they're not what people are actually genuinely like worried about. Um, you know, I I'm I I believe that criminal justice reform is a big issue. But like, you can't keep going around talking about you know all these complex issues no one gave a shit about five months ago, while all they watch on the news are cities burning. Like, you could keep saying no, no, look over here, look over here, but immediately people respond more so to fear than they do to logic. And even if you think that you know we need to focus on these other things the debt all the other stuff you, you know you're you're sounding kind of callous if you tell people not to worry when they see guys getting gunned down in the streets like it's just one of those situations where it's like listen it's hard to have all these complex nuanced discussions when you're worried about someone burning down your house absolutely yeah no a hundred percent and i mean what's the you know, what would be your libertarian case for Trump? You know, I mean, there, there are a few things. Obviously, he's been very, very bad on, on a lot of issues. But I mean, uh, you know, no new wars. Obviously, uh, that's that's a big one. Deregulation. I mean, there, there, there's that massive deregulation, tax cuts, um, you know, not not going after uh, religious institutions for, you know, following the, the basic, you know, scraps left of Obamacare. It's um, you know, it, it's it, it's a short list, but you know, it also matters what he doesn't do. He hasn't created massive programs. He hasn't. Right. Uh, I mean, other than like Space Force in the wall, I mean, there, there's enough to be said about inaction to a large degree. And with Obama, it sounded like there was new shit coming out every week. With Trump, it sounds like he's taking down shit every week. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. I just I think the biggest factor is just standing up to BLM. You know what I mean? I, I think just the biggest factor is, is standing up to these communist revolutionaries. Like, I don't really know what else to call them at this point. I mean, one candidate, Joe Biden, is encouraging the mob, and, and Trump is standing up. Look, I just think it's important for the next four years to have somebody in the White House standing up to BLM. I mean, like, Black Lives Matter is an evil communist revolutionary organization bent on destroying everything that you love. Okay? I mean, like, it... It's just important, man. It's important to have a voice in the White House standing up to these monsters. Yeah, and right now, like, this is the immediate concern. Uh, this is turning into a 1972 election, 1968 election, where it's just really come down to law and order. Yeah, which is—it's funny, man. Like, I was thinking in—when did the George Floyd shooting happen? Was it May? Oh, God, it feels like a million years ago. Was it 75 years ago? Was it, uh, I think it was May, right? Like late May, early June, I want to say. But uh, anyway, I, years ago. it's funny. All the Democrats had to do is not mess this up because they were winning. You know what I mean? Like it turned out that the, you know, the George Floyd, uh, you know, all, all the, the extenuating circumstances behind it and stuff like that. But um, they, I, I thought the law and order, because Trump still doubled down on law and order, and it looked like that was a losing message big time. It looked like the law and order days were over, like forever. You know what I mean? Like 90. I mean, obviously, nobody agreed with the killing of George Floyd. I mean, the, the cop had his knee on, on Floyd's neck for eight. Yeah. But did, mean, you, but did you see the full video that came out a few weeks ago that nobody wants to talk about? Yeah, I did. It doesn't 
I'm not saying it's, that justifies yeah. the cop, but it certainly does not make yeah. it, it, it does not make this situation better. No, I mean there, it definitely inserted some shades of gray into the conversation. But yeah, I mean this idea that Floyd was not resisting arrest uh, that that doesn't exist anymore because it's not congruent with reality. But my my point is that like major cities were literally defunding the police, and there was like just a massive like anti-police movement throughout the country. And uh, it looked like the Democrats were really going to win on that issue. All they had to do is not back and fund an evil, satanic, communist, revolutionary organization. <laughs> like, all they had to do is not be extraordinarily evil, and they would have won on this issue. But they're like, let's just dial up the evil, brother. Like, let's, let's, just, let's just pump cash into the evil and promote Black Lives Matter. And then they started killing people and burning cities down. And everybody's like, you know what? We're out. Nope done nope too evil for me and then it kind of swung back swung back in the gop's favor yeah um it's man nothing surprises me anymore well put remzo you're a like what what else is there to say i don't know nothing (laughs) one more thing one more thing i mean it's i'm a bad commentator i'm a bad commentator there's just nothing else to say well i said it all i'm a genius thanks for your endorsement remzo (laughs) <laughs> one more thing uh one more thing i wanted to touch on uh before i let you go and uh th- this obviously there's a minor detail from yesterday as well uh that a lot of people didn't catch um but uh trump went to kenosha yesterday yeah, it was a good thing that he went you know he just went to survey the damage from these communist riots um but he said something during a press scrum that was amazing and very important and i'm glad the president is figuring out what we've all been saying for years with the late andrew breitbart was saying for a decade, uh, Trump said that the media is more to blame for the violence than Joe Biden is. And then he got a dig, a nice dig on Biden, too. He's like, you know, Biden doesn't even know he's alive, you know, which, you know, fact check true. But this is the whole point, right? Like everything wrong in this country is either caused by or made exponentially worse by the press. Like, I don't even just mean the violence like covid. Like if the press covered coronavirus fairly, the Democrats never would have gotten away with destroying the economy. You know what I mean? So I just I love that Trump said this out loud. He's like, you know, the real enemy isn't even the Democrats. It's the press. The press is at is to blame for most of this. Yeah. I mean, it's you you see this all the time. You have reporters that are basically glorified commentators. You have commentators that that are glorified surrogates for these parties. And ultimately, you just have to follow where the money goes. The people that are funding these organizations, the people that are funding NPR, the people that are uh, buying out all these conventions when we used to have conventions, it's all the special interests. It's all these individuals that have a vested stake in manipulating public opinion. Because ultimately, I mean, the tail wags the dog. And these Democrats aren't that smart themselves. They get their instructions from the same people. And this idea that the media doesn't play a role in it and that they don't have uh, an opinion, I mean, that's dead. We're dealing with the Pravda. It might not be state run. It might be, you know, controlled by, you know, a handful of people that have vested interest in seeing certain political outcomes. But it's all the same. The actions all screen the same thing. I'm just I'm trying so to... glad to be out of politics, uh, politics and media. I'm so glad to be out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't miss it. Yeah, man. But uh, I mean, I'm just trying to think of. I mean, it's sad to to go down this road, but I'm just trying to think of cases where the country would be better if we had a real press. Like we don't have a free press. You know, like if we had a real free press with journalists with IQs over 50, it would be a much different, much better country. I mean, obviously the violence. I mean, if they covered 
these police shootings fairly and stuff like that. Uh, you know, obviously there wouldn't be these communist riots. I, obviously, the the Demo- have you have you ever seen that movie, The Crucible, about uh, the Salem witch trials? I've I've not. It's a it's a Daniel Day Lewis movie. It's really freaking good. It's got Keira Knightley too, and basically it follows the Salem witch trials. And at the end of um at the end of the film, you've got John Proctor and Goody Proctor. They basically have two options. They can either hang for being accused of witchcraft, or they can sign a statement saying that they did practice witchcraft and that they no longer do it, and that all the other people that were killed who were not witches were actually witches, and therefore it would be like this get-out-of-jail-free card. And, you know, John Proctor's about to sign the contract, and, you know, as soon as he signs his name on there, he has a change of heart, and he's like, I can't do this. And they're like, why? And he's like, because I only have one name. I'll never have another in my life, and if I do this, I just betray all my friends. So he rips it up, and... You know, he's like, you've taken my soul. I can't let you take my name. And at that point, everyone's like, okay, I guess they're choosing to hang. So John Proctor's friend, you know, lunges out and gets pushed back by this one like soldier. And he's like, you can't do that. You'll hang. And the and Cotton Mather, who's the judge sent to kind of oversee the Salem witch trials, he looks at everyone who knows the truth and who's crying. And he's like, he who weeps for thee weeps for corruption. And that's such a it's such an absolute. And that's what we've turned into. We've turned into a society of absolutes. You can't do one thing without being insinuated that you support all this other stuff and vice versa. It's become this narrative that there's no nuance. There's no context. There's no gray area. It's black and white. And you're either with me or not. And if you're not with me, you have no redeemable qualities as a human being. And therefore, you have to be destroyed. I, I freaking love that movie, and I've been I've been watching that scene on YouTube the last couple of days because this is what it's turned into. This is a modern day uh, Salem witch trial, be, where the media is judge, jury, and executioner. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. And uh, the, I mean, the Democrats, I, I can't stand them, but they're they're not the real enemy. The press is the real enemy, right? Like, without the press covering for them, the Democrats couldn't get away with their nonsense. I mean, they'd be yeah. forced to moderate. They'd be forced to behave like normal people. Like you can't like like Rand Paul, you know, he 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 wrote the uh, justice for Breonna Taylor law. Right. Ending no knock warrants. And the Democrats filibustered it like they couldn't. If we had a press, I mean, literally like Rand Paul wrote a bill that would solve the problem. And the Democrats filibustered it because they know that the press will never cover it. They will cover for the Democrats no matter what. So nobody even knows that. People don't know that the Democrats filibustered that law. Like they, that wouldn't that wouldn't be allowed to happen if we had a if we had real journalists covering politics. Well, I mean, you know, as much as we blame the media, people I, I, I blame I I blame the citizenry almost as much as I blame anyone else now because if we have to ask ourselves why is it like this, and it's because we we keep watching the fake news and we keep electing the Nancy Pelosi's of the world, and nothing showed that even more so than the other night in D.C. when Rand Paul and his wife were accosted by Antifa screaming at him, saying, "Say her name, say her name." They don't care about justice. They don't care about solutions. They don't care about the truth. That what they care about are those little are, are those little loyalty tests. It's like when people don't go ahead and put a fist in the air and scream Black Lives Matter. It's like you're not allowed to eat anymore. You're not allowed to exist outside. You're not socially acceptable unless you do these things. It has nothing to do with the things themselves. It's about falling falling prey to the mob. And that's what this has become. It's still, I mean, yeah, I, I understand that we have very low information voters and, and 
you know, people, especially people on the left, are, are letting themselves be propagandized, but it's still the, the fault of the propagandizers. I mean, it, it is still the, the propagandists. It, it is still the fault of the press. Like, it, the, the root of the issue is the press. Like, people aren't getting the debate. They're not here. I mean, they, you know, the Overton window is, you know, Bernie Sanders and AOC, right? And But the, the I, press I th- created I think I'm going to disagree. I think I'm going to disagree. And it's not because I don't agree with your premise. It's the fact that, you know, the information is out there. People are just choosing what they want. Yeah. And they're All choosing. Right. That's fair. They're That's choosing. Fair. And they're choosing convenience. And I mean, I think I think Trump is not necessarily the giant advancer of, you know, libertarian conservative values and stuff like that. But I think he's holding off socialism. I think he's strongly anti-liberal, anti-socialism. But I think, you know, the the damage is done and that the next time we get a Democratic president, it's going to be really seriously bad shit. That's why I'm looking at, at my options, and I don't think I'm going to be in this country within the next decade. I strongly see myself moving to a, you know, a smaller Latin American country, maybe a U.S. territory that has a low population of people, and just waiting it out. Because, I mean, I see we're, we're not in 1984. We're not being restricted. Uh, we're not being you know told what we can and cannot read or see or learn we're living in the brave new world where basically we've got all the information we've got the access to everything we want we just choose not to use it and what do you do with a society like that what can let's say trump wins what can trump and the republicans do to prevent that from happening when shut down public education yeah yeah I no, think that, literally, this isn't even yeah. a radical statement. No, anymore. no, no, not at all. No, no. Prince I'm, County, Virginia, the uh, the the number one performing public school district in the country, uh, just since the last couple of months, we've had thirty five thousand, we've had thirty five hundred students withdraw permanently, and I think parents and students are finally understanding that you know these public schools they were not preparing students to actually be critical thinking, mature adults one day. They're just, it's just babysitting. It's government babysitting. Yeah, I, I do think we need and, to... And, and it's a Marxist indoctrination program. That's, that's right. all it is. Yeah, I, I think that is the a great first step is defunding public education. I also think that... Um, the... I, don't just want, I don't just want to defund it. I want to abolish it completely. Right. Let's let our freak flag fly. I'm down. They, they keep saying defund the police means defund the police. Well, defund public schools means get rid of public schools. Yeah, I'm, I'm on board 100 percent. I also think another thing that a Republican lawmaker should be looking at doing if Trump wins a second term is passing a couple new amendments. Things that uh, even, you know, mo- more moderate Democrats, Democratic governors and state legislatures really can't argue with. Like, I think a, a good first step, the, the next amendment should uh should should make it permanent that uh, there can be no more than um, nine Supreme Court justices. I think that would oh, be— Oh, yeah, because, you know, they want to stack the Supreme Court. They want to yeah. add as many people as possible. Right. And I think they will. You know, I, I, I think we need to pass a constitutional amendment uh, making a permanent nine, nine justices. I think that would—I mean, look, and like, that doesn't help the right any more than it helps the left. You know what I mean? Like it's just in, in the short term, it helps the right, obviously, you know, it keeps these communists. You're, you're either, you're either maintaining institutions for the sake of continuity or you're destroying them. And by actively putting in more and more judges just to go ahead and stack the court in one way or another, you're not maintaining justice. You're not maintaining continuity. You're just destroying an institution to gain immediate political points. Right. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, getting rid of uh, public schools and uh, and permanently and legally stopping the left from packing the court, I think, would uh, go a long way to preserving the future of the republic, to be honest. I think those are a couple solid ideas. Yeah. Amen, brother. Where can, uh, where can everybody listen to your podcast and uh, ah, follow you online everywhere. and keep in touch? And, uh, and Literally, <laughs> like, your podcast is right behind you right now. Like, wherever it you is. are listening, like, it is, like, under your bed. Any, everywhere. It's it's everywhere and anywhere, but most importantly, it's on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, um, all all those places. You can also find it on ontherun.fireside.fm every Monday and Thursday. I also started a new podcast recently for people that want to actually get some cool entertainment that's non-political, non-news. It's called the Second Print Comics Podcast. Mark Claire and I from Lions of Liberty, every Wednesday we come out and we talk to you about the comic book stories and heroes and writers and artists we love that helped make us the nerds we are today. So you can also go ahead and check us out at secondprintcomics.com. Everybody check it out. Everybody follow uh, Remzo on Twitter and on Parlor. Uh, that's all I got. All I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Monday. No gimmicks. Uh-huh.